Ooh. All right. Good, 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 good morning, evening, afternoon, people. Welcome to uh, another episode of Five More Minutes with your boy Josiah Heisen. I'm super, super, super blessed to be here. Um, had to do a little prayer because every time I come to these things, I come um, expecting. You know, I show up to these things and I'm like, God, you meet me and lead whatever you want me to kind of talk about in this pod. So if you're new here, welcome to Five More Minutes. Let's get serious. Uh, five More Minutes is this space where I get to create a few conversations and a few things that are meaningful to me and sharing a few things that are on my heart and hopefully give God the glory uh, whilst doing so. Uh, that's what this space is for me. Um, this space was created because there were a bunch of people in my heart, in my avenue, in my community that I uh, felt like I felt burdened to to speak to and share with and, I, and we would have these written conversations, written diaries. And uh, I was like, it's important and imperative to continue to create that space for young people, specifically young Christians navigating their lives and uh, creating this nice open diary where we can truly confess and be ourselves as we meander through the complexity that it is being a human and also being a Christian. So that's what Five More Minutes is. Um, and also because I just, I'm not really the best at these short conversations, but like, that you know, so so I always attempted to keep it short and uh, we never did. But you guys are here and I hope you are uh, ready to kind of like get into it, I guess, to talk with me. It's always interesting, these conversations, because I am by myself and um, I am literally in this room all by myself. And um, I often come thinking, ah, what should I say this week that I haven't said before? Because I honestly believe that in my life I pretty much say the same thing again and again and again and again i think life is the same i think we go through interesting challenges um and uh we end up saying the same thing and i think some of the greatest people who have really changed the world have found a way to say one message again and again and again and again and again and again and people's lives change because people believe uh we follow jesus because he God has been saying one thing again and again and again and again and again and again. Um, so yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing. So if you've probably heard what I talk about again, then listen. Hopefully it's fresh enough for you. If not, uh, sorry. But here's one thing that's so beautiful whilst even talking about that whole idea of something, right? <sighs> Yesterday at church, uh, we were talking about this idea of waiting and there's lots of you know, beautiful discussions around this idea of just prayer and its necessity and looking into what the, uh, what the, uh, the, 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 the Great Commission looked like, but also looking at, looking at it from the perspective of the, the disciples. And the one thing that kind of came up was this idea of waiting and praying, praying and fasting before going. And we live in this world that is like, everybody's coming to God, God, what's my purpose? Give me a purpose, give me a purpose we already have an assignment and part of that assignment is to wait on the Lord and uh, we talked about this thing briefly in passing about this idea that you know like usually you go to God and you're expecting right if you go to a conference they're like come expecting come expecting the move of the Lord and I don't know about you guys but I don't know if there's some of you who have like gone to a conference everybody's been falling on the floor you just left feeling nothing now you enjoyed, you worshipped, you were present, but you just left feeling like, mm, well, thank God. And maybe you've become 
almost scared of that feeling that ah maybe I'm meant to have like maybe you know like <sighs> my point is get rid of every idea that every moment you spend with God something almost supernatural will happen now something supernatural does happen but but I think there is also this under discussed part of spending time with God because of who he is even if nothing wow happens because the wow is the fact that you can go and spend time with him in his presence you don't have to go kill a goat a lamb nothing you just get to just be with him you we have access now there is a beauty in the fact that we have access to him that Jesus is our high priest that we have access to him and I think that's 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 beautiful that we can that the what's wow is already done and I know that some so many Christians have, uh, sometimes often have this experience that if nothing happens in church, maybe it's not the right church for me. That's wrong. Uh, God is absolutely committed to his plan and you are a part of it. But just because you didn't fall down doesn't mean that God isn't doing something in you. It doesn't mean that God isn't doing something with you. And God is, it's not that it doesn't mean that God isn't doing something for you. Get away from that idea of spectacular, you know, you know, it's like, wow, 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 wow. How about we become okay with nothing i've talked about this before in a previous podcast if you're a real one you know that we've talked about how about nothing that was a podcast we did we did we recorded and you know it's it's real like i'm in this moment uh trying to grasp my head around this idea that that maybe i've been falsely looking for god in the moon and the stars i've been waiting for a shooting star to come past i've been waiting for the sun to just shine brightly i've been waiting for an echo on the mountains all the while missing the whisper in my heart, meeting the, missing the beating in my chest. All the while looking at life and missing on the beauties of the fact that everything around me is living, it's breathing. That that is the evidence of his presence. That's because I was too busy trying to find a shooting star in a sky full of stars. That that alone is the evidence of his mercy and his grace and his size. So, so I'm getting accustomed to this idea of just being here. And I guess it's like, it was, it was what was talked about yesterday, I guess, in this natural path, we, we'll talk about it. This idea of just waiting on God. Wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord. It's something that is seemingly painful, often draining, but such an important skill to wait and just wait and wait. We know the stories of so many people in the Bible, how long they waited People waited years. Noah waited years. Abraham waited years before seeing the promise. Abraham had to live as Abraham before he was Abraham. He had to live as the father of many nations before he was called Abraham. Like, what, what does our faith look like in today if we are impatient? Uh, this week, uh, this month even, I'm really committed to seeing how better I can spend more time doing less even if I receive less because God is good and it's about time that in my life I seek him truly with no agenda truly 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 with no agenda uh, naturally at this point we open the Bible but um, I'm gonna pray um, and I'm gonna pray and hope that God will speak to me speak to you um in this moment so yeah 
Father Lord, thank you. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for this moment that we get to be in fellowship with you, Lord Jesus Christ. And as I am sat in the room here and others might be sat in the room, Lord, that we pray that your presence will be with us and that somebody, Lord, here will leave a bit fuller and somebody here will leave with that answer. And somebody here might leave with nothing, Lord Jesus Christ, but give them certainty of who you are. Give them a strengthened faith. Give them a strengthened faith, Lord Jesus Christ, that they truly, 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 Lord, will over time believe in you. Like this seed that is in them, Lord Jesus Christ, this seed in us, Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that you water it today, that you increase us, that you water us, that you make us more like you, that you truly make us more like you. We just bless your name, O Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for this moment to be alive, to be here, to be here in your presence, doing absolutely nothing but to be with you. Let us fall in love with that moment of just seeking you for who you are, O Lord Jesus Christ. I just thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. Okay, we're going to start with the Bible. Uh, I recently, uh, in my book club, we recently read uh, the book Prodigal God and it was one of the most moving books ever and the Holy Spirit just dropped in my heart to really talk about this. Uh, the Prodigal God is one of the greatest books I've read majorly because it's so simple. It's very simple ideas, but it revisits this, this story that we, 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 most of us Christians really know and I seldom think a lot of us Christians have really revisited uh, again and again and the reason I say this is because when I was re reading this book, uh, reading this parable in Luke 15, I, I realized that like, this is, this is like kindergarten, like Sunday school stories. And I realized that I haven't revisited some of the Sunday school knowledge I got taught as a, ch a child. And it makes sense why some of my adult problems are not being able to address to the fullness. I cannot harness the power that's in me because I realized that a lot of the Bible that I knew was when God spoke and God is speaking. It's time I go revisit what he's saying. So Luke 15, 11, the parable of the lost son. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. So this is where Jesus is telling a few parables in there. And he's like, yo, let, let, me, let me tell you a story. Obviously, don't think he did this. But he's telling, he's telling a few stories. And the Bible says, Jesus continued, verse 11, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Interesting thing. And we're going to go into this and why this is so beautiful and so powerful and what this should say about us. 13, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had. Wow. Set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven, against you. I am no longer worthy. to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. 
The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring my best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what's going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. This story is very profound because, you know, it's a, it's a very simple story on, uh, that, that meets the eye, right? Uh, you know, it's usually preached, you know, this, this guy goes off, he squanders everything, he comes back and welcome. Yay. That's the story that I get told. That's the story I got told. But there's so many beautiful things about this story and it's really us. We as Christians are both those sons. The parable of the lost son often teaches you about one son. We always pay attention to one son. And uh, when reading this book, it really opened up about this other son and the role of what that really looks like. So we're going to study today and I pray that God will speak to us through this. Verse 11, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. So, so the Bible felt it important to let us know about two sons. Why in my whole life have I not been deep in two sons? I keep hearing about one. And I always, you know, always every Nigerian film on Netflix, you guys go see it. You, they tell you about one son, one son, one son. Nobody does a movie about the second son. Why? Because we miss the beauty of the story. 12, the younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. In this time and universally, if I was to ask my father for my share of the estate, I am not just saying, father, give me a share of the estate. I'm actually saying that you are dead to me. Because for a father to give me my inheritance, he has to die. So effectively, this son says to the father, you are dead to me. Give me my share of the estate. Not, not to say he intended to, not to say he meant it, but he said it. That's what he's communicating when he asks for his share of something that should be imparted to him as an inheritance after the father is dead. And the father says, he, so divided, the father divided the property between them. Interesting. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had. He took everything, himself, and then squandered his wealth in the wild. Living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country and he began to be in need. He realized that, <laughs> that he spent everything. He then went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country. He sold himself off to get something. And he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. It's interesting. We then follow on to read this story about him returning. And first of all, he rehearses what he's going to say to his father. He, he recognizes where he went wrong. And he goes, only wanting to settle as a servant. But his father runs up and, and calls him a son. That's us. And when we make mistakes, sometimes our shame and guilt says, okay, okay, do you know what? If I can just, at least just... And God is like, no, you are my son. 
that tells me one of his abounding love for me, that he's bound himself to me, that even if I tell him that he's dead to me and run away and come back, that I am still his son, that there is nothing that could do that could separate his love from me. Maze was beautiful. He said, the father ran, bring, ran, uh, versions will tell you that the, the father picked up his robe, right? He picked up his robe and ran to him. <laughs> the father usually in this time wouldn't run. It's a sign of uh, you, a father wouldn't run. A father wouldn't pick up his robe. A father wouldn't run to his son because it's a father. He is normally the king of this estate. And what's actually even interesting that after he divided his estate and gave his son a po portion of the estate, this would mean that he... His estate in that time would be his social position, that what he had, what he owned, will be the position he was in society. So his, his son, who went away and spent a half of his position, his, where he was, I guess you could argue his power uh, in society, the father effectively has a lesser estate. But this son comes back, squandering that, and the father welcomes him. And then gives him a share of a reduced estate. A smaller size. That's that's heavy for me. Like raw, like that the father lost the father would have literally had a smaller estate because he would have given some. But even when the son came, he was still he still celebrated with a smaller estate. He still used the resources of something that in, effectively he's lost his position in society and he decided to still run out to that son and welcome him. My goodness. Once again, that affirms this idea that I am loved. That I am loved. And, and, and I don't know where somebody is and somebody might be feeling like there is something they've done that is so irredeemable. But you have a father who even if his position in society changes, his love for you doesn't change. His love for you doesn't reduce. That he still rejoices in your return. It's interesting because the second son was very angry that the father had uh, celebrated with the fattened cow. So the Bible felt it necessary for us to know that the cow was fat. The father gave the best of the best of the little less that he had to celebrate the, the coming back of his son. And the other son, we see that the other son is angry at the father. Then says to the father, I've been doing this for you. I've done this, this, that for you. I've done everything for you. How can you do that? How can you, how can you give him what's mine? How can you, do, like, how can you? Look at, look at it, it says 29. Look at all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat. There's a son who went out, who, who rebelled, went out, squandered and realized himself and came home. And then there's a son who has not yet realized his privilege. And he's saying to his father, yo, after all I've done for you, that is so crazy. After all I've done for you, Sometimes this is us as Christians. In our privilege, in our anger. The moment that God doesn't give us the sparkle like somebody else has seen on stage or whatever. I say to God, how can you? How can you? After how many years I've served you? After how many years I've followed you? My whole life, I've lost my family for you. How can you? 
What's crazy about this is who is who's worse? The one who is aware of a situation or the one that is so blinded that he cannot see a situation. I say this to say, hey, as Christians, we need to take a deeper look at ourselves to make sure that we are not like these Pharisees who follow the rules, who follow the law, but do not know Jesus. In this, you see that this son equally, this second son, gets angry at his father. And just like the first son, only loved the father for what the father could give him. Two brothers, two types of Christians. Some of us, we genuinely believe that we have it all figured out. We're good. We're going to follow every law. And if we do everything that God says, yes, oh my God, he's going to love me. He's going to give me everything. And some of us, yo, like God's going to, like, I'm good. Like, I'm just live my life. I'll come back. God's going to be there. Let's wake up. Pay attention. It's time to pay attention and take stock. Pay attention. It's time to spend time with God for who he is. No agendas. Where in your life do you resonate with one of these sons? I say this and I speak to you. And as I speak to you, I speak to myself. That I realize that a lot of my walk with Jesus Christ has been with an agenda. And I'm like, it's time to turn back and really just wait on the Lord for who he is. Because he is somebody. And I think for me, I'm just like, man, how do I do better in my life to seek God and be in his presence for the sake of it? How can I love the father for who he is? No matter what he can give me or not give me. I remember being so moved by this story because I saw both sons in me. Sometimes I'm doing things, ministry, sacrifices, and I'm like, God, like, rah, like, after everything I've done, like, you're still gonna, you're still gonna let me down, like, rah, like, God, I've been serving you, bruv, like, you told me to lead this book club, you told me to lead these people, but, like, how you gonna let them do me like this, God, like, how you gonna let that person hurt me, like, like, God, I've been here for you the whole time, I've been praying to you, God, why wouldn't you even give me this miracle when I needed it, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you give me this visa when I needed it, why wouldn't, like, how can you do that, like, God, like, I don't wanna, I, I, I'm done, whatever the scenario might be, the father is the father before the things he can do to you. Sit down and love him. Sit in his presence. Do not, do not forsake that. For those who have gone and squandered what God has given them, there is space to return. My goodness, this is me right now. I feel like in my life, I'm like, God, like, I remember those times you gave me so much. And you know what hurts now? Because I know that I didn't use it well. I kept a little bit too much for myself, but them trainers, but this, that, this, that. And now I need you. Remember the days where you, you could breathe when you have a cold? You, you deep those days, you're like, flip, like, I should have appreciated those days. This is a moment right now to appreciate the moment of the breath in your lungs. This is a moment right now to appreciate what you have. It does not matter what God hasn't done for you yet, he's doing it. It's let's have a better expectation of our father in heaven because he is who he is because he's who he is when you ask him he says i am that i am for a person to say that for a person to say that who are you paul says in the bible let us live to that which we've already attained how can a man say lord let us live to that which we already have but that has to be our prayer because there's something that we have 
that we have not yet lived to the fullness of yet we keep asking for more and God cannot give you more if you're squandering what you have. Pay attention to what you have. Spend more time making space for him to speak to you about the things that he's already installed and instilled into you. Don't miss out on what God has already done for you. Because of what you want him to do for you. So I pray in this moment that you give us a view, the view that you have of us. That we may be able to be patient in this moment. That we may be able to wait on you for the sake of waiting on you, Lord Jesus Christ. That there is something you are doing for us, to us. Help us to truly be transformed. Truly be transformed. Look at this. Acts 13 is after Jesus is, uh, has, 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 been, has resurrected and gone to heaven. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, Corden, uh, Niger <laughs> Lucius of Cyrene Manan who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting the Holy Spirit said set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them so after they had fasted and prayed they placed their hands on them and sent them off as Christians our default position is to wait wait on God and when he sends it's interesting, while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, in your life right now, this moment that you might have of indecision, you don't know what to do, worship the Lord, fast with the Lord. Because from there, that becomes a framework before the assignment that God needs something to be inserted into you before the Holy Spirit can send you to do the work you have. And I realized this because I came to Manchester on a word. I came to Manchester on a word. I came one weekend. The Lord has been telling my family to move north, move north, move north. And 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 I was like, let me go to Canada because that's just where I like. And I, and one day I was like, hold on a minute. Manchester, it's cheaper. It makes more sense. Wait a minute. I have went there for three days. And I remember going into this church and God said, God spoke to me in this sermon. This sermon was, it's time to run your best lap yet. And God had kept me for a year, two years on two Bible verses. One year specifically on one Bible verse. Second Timothy 4. One, that Bible verse. And we'll read that. Kept me on the whole of Second Timothy, but Second Timothy 4. And then it kept me on Hebrews 12. Is it Hebrews 12? Let's let go of all the unnecessary weights for this race of life is enduring. That we're surrounded by such great cloud of witnesses. Those two verses, through the times when I felt disconnected, the times when I wasn't sure what was going on, time when I was in I didn't know what to do God kept me on those two verses for some of the toughest seasons I had seen at that time as I was going through moments where my mind was being lost I was suffering with symptoms of PTSD and all these other things from some of the traumas I had experienced in that year in my life I I I, I was I was kept on these two verses and and it almost sometimes got frustrating and it got boring always praying all the time and crying to God God like what am I doing like watching my world fall apart I'm like God what you what's going on like give me that purpose that I had back in uni when I knew what to do that I would just go into the, I would be like I, I had that 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 charge where's that charge gone God are you still there that was what I was feeling and I'm thinking my goodness maybe God ain't with me no more because I wasn't feeling that charge. But all the more, God kept me on these two verses. 
I couldn't read more part of this verse. I kept kept me on Second Timothy specifically. I couldn't even move past that verse for a whole year and a bit until one day, the day that I needed God to show up because I needed an answer and I needed an answer so much. I didn't even know I was asking that question. And I remember stepping into that church. I remember coming late and somebody else was preaching into the ramp in Manchester. I remember sitting down and he said, it's time to run your best lap yet. Ironically, I laughed and, you know, I have to believe that God has a sense of humor. I was thinking, right, like, for Mr. 200, I walk in like, like God, is this, is this for me? And I was like, yeah, this God, this is, for, I'm going to take this one, this is for me. And he read that verse out and he, and he anchored his whole talk on 2 Timothy 4. And I was like, wow. Wow. 2 Timothy 4, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead and in the view of his appearing in his kingdom, in, in the view of, I give you this charge. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to miss. But you keep your head in all situation, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist and discharge all your duties, all the duties of your ministry. Verse six, this is me. And I cried on this day. And reading this, it still hits me. Paul writes, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering. And the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I finished the race and I've kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. What does a true longing look like? The Bible makes it clear. clear. To keep your head in all situations. A true longing endures hardship. And a true longing does the work of an evangelist, discharging all the duties of its ministry. So I wanna, I wanna, I wanna remind somebody right now: discharge all the duties of your ministry. Pour, be poured out like a drink offering. A duty is a moral or legal obligation, a responsibility, a commitment, an obedience. An allegiance, a loyalty, a faithfulness, a fidelity, a respect, a deference, a reverence. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. Do not wait another day. Do not wait another day before you begin to spend time with God for him to open up the things that you have clarity on. Do not waste another day, another moment. Waiting for something spectacular to come down before spending time with God because he can tell you what to do. Wait and pray and worship with him until he sends you to where you need to go. I remember in the in, in, in church, he, uh, the, the guy that was preaching mentioned something so profound, so simple. He said, the disciples in the day that Jesus was around did not realize who was around them. Before Acts 2, lots of, lots of disciples were healing. They were doing mad things. But they would go to Jesus to recharge. They would go to Jesus to recharge because Jesus had the power. But when Jesus left after Acts 2, he gave us the power. 
He said that I will send you something that's greater than me. So inside of you, the greatest of those disciples is the least of who you are. There is a power in you that God has imparted into you. That there is, there is, there is ministry in you. And how do we get to that? Is to wait and pray. And and some of us might be in idle positions that seem idle. We may seem helpless. We may seem like God. How have I be- lost my job? I've lost this. I've lost that. How have I lost it? What do I do? Wait and pray. Paul writes that I might be, I might, I may be bound. God's word is not bound God isn't bound for I am already being poured out like a drink offering and the time for my departure is near do not miss the moment I want to just charge everybody and inspire with the power of the Holy Ghost I just impart these words Lord Jesus Christ and imprint these in our hearts that from now on forth, everybody that's listening will be charged to say, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. I pray, Lord, that this be our testimony every day, that we don't miss the moment to be with you. That we don't just love you for who you, what you can do, love you for the things you can do, but we may love you for who you are. Lord, help us in these unprecedented times to just spend time with you. Help us, Lord, to make that space. Help us to make that space for you, Lord Jesus Christ. Right now, help us to not miss the moment. Help us to not undervalue what's in front of us right now. Because those disciples didn't truly get what was in front of them. And that is us right now. Help us, Lord, to capture the moment in the view of your kingdom thank you Lord Jesus there is in store the crown of righteousness this verse is deep for me because there will be hardship there will be difficulty but there will be a crown. That what's beautiful about the hardship that I may have to deal with as a Christian is that one day it will come to an end. One day. It will come to an end. Revelations 20, uh, 22. I think that's the verse of the day today. Yeah, it's, a, it's a beautiful verse. get this verse up he will wipe away every tear from their eyes Revelation 21 verse 4 <sighs> he will wipe away every tear from their eyes there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away verse 3 and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying behold the dwelling place of God is with man and he will dwell with them they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God this is for you Verse 5, and the one seated on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. 
Then he said, write down these words, for these words are faithful and true. That's what God is saying. That his words are faithful and true. Write them down. Spend time with him today. Take a moment to reflect on the life you have already. Before the life you're asking God to give you. Because there is something in it right now. There is something powerful right now. That you have power inside of you. Spend that time with God. To just get into that power. Not for anything glamorous. Not to heal people just for the sake of it. Not to do things. Get away from the agendas and just love God. Seek God for who he is. Look back at your prayers and see if you can seek God for who he is. That's the challenge this week. I want to challenge everybody. Let's seek God for who he is. Right now. Right here. And watch everything change. Thank you guys. God bless you guys. And I pray that this week just be one that is incredible for you. He's there. He's near. Do not fear. He's near. He's near. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening. I'll probably see you guys next week. It's a it's an honor to spend these few moments with you guys. I hope that you're inspired. Let's go again and discharge every duty of our ministry. Come on. How better a time than now. Love you guys. It's been your boy Josiah Heisen. Thank you for your time. I tried to keep it short, but you know the way the thing goes. Big love. Peace.